Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 861. Whether you're interested in being in the automotive field or, or any field, there's a, a three points that you need to find and get them to line up to have a successful career path. And that is, number one, find something that you enjoy. Number two, find something that you're good at. And number three, find something that you can make money at. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Morgan Brady. Hey, Morgan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to rock, Mark. All right. Morgan Brady is the team manager and chief operating officer at Core Autosport. He's also the managing partner for Composite Resources. By combining his expertise as a leader in composite manufacturing and running racing teams, Core won IMSA championships in 2011, 2012, and 2013. And in 2014, Core Autosport was awarded a contract from Porsche to operate in all of the German brand's top-level racing in North America. That partnership resulted in Porsche winning the IMSA Manufacturer Championship in 2014 to 2015. And then in 2016, Morgan expanded his sights and he acquired an interest in composite resources. And he is focused on transforming the business into the premier tier three composite supplier to the aerospace industry. You have been a busy, busy guy, Morgan. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, your businesses, and of course, an obvious passion for automobiles? Hey, Mark, thanks for having me on today. You really hit the highlights there. But uh, a bit more about me is I've been in the racing industry about 15 years now. I have a background in mechanical engineering, both master's and undergraduate, but uh, have, have focused primarily on the, the business and going racing side of the motorsports world. And um, I started out after I graduated in mostly open wheel, junior open wheel formula. Formula Atlantic, things like that. And then about seven years ago, I had the opportunity to meet a gentleman by the name of John Bennett. And I was out of work at the time. And he said, uh, you know, my, my name is John Bennett and I want to start a race team in Charlotte. And, and that's basically how Core Auto Sport was born. We started without a screwdriver, a floor jack, a race car, oh or a gosh. shop, or anything. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gave me an, an office and a laptop and, and said, go to work. Build a team. Exactly. Wow. Seven years later, we've developed into where we manage Porsche's GTLM racing in IMSA. And we also have and, and continue to run a privateer program for John Bennett, which is currently in a Porsche GT3R. Wow. IMSA GT Daytona Cloud. Oh, well, my listeners know I am a huge fan of Porsche. So uh, you're playing in an arena that uh, tugs on my heartstrings. That's for sure. It's hard not to be. Well, of course. But uh, the successes that you guys have had, you've chosen a career path is very, very challenging. Racing, racing teams, managing teams. But how you've maneuvered this into this other company as far as composites and things is really brilliant. And we're going to learn a lot more about that and you as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guest for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars. Yeah, since we're talking about racing. So Morgan, take the wheel. So the, there's one main quote that I, I come back to that, that fits a lot of situations. And that is, 
you can't change the direction of the wind, so adjust your sails. And that's attributed to a guy by the name of Jackson Brown Jr. And where that fits in for me is whether it's in the business world or track side, you know, there's so many factors that you can't control. And sometimes that is the wind in racing. But, you know, if you spend too much time trying to change the things that are outside of your control, you don't really make progress and you don't adapt. And, and there's actually a quote from Darwin, of all people, that, that really supports this mm-hmm. from an evolutionary sense. And that is the definition of adaptation is adjusting appropriately to change in one's circumstances. Mm. There's Darwin saying it is an evolutionary requirement that you change and adapt. Yes. And that, that's something that I'm, I'm constantly doing and, and I'm constantly preaching within our organizations. Well, it's a great quote and, of course, works magnificently in racing, especially endurance racing, because things are changing on the track in so many ways and with the car often. And if you just stick with your original plan Sometimes that doesn't work. In fact, most of the time with endurance racing, it doesn't work. You're always having to adjust and and move and change and look at the situation and alter. So that, of course, works great in life and business as well. That's really nice. Well, let's go back in time for you. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back in your life when you realize you were indeed a car guy? So I I don't think I can really pinpoint one moment. It's really been an ongoing progression for me uh, where at a very young age, I I was always into Legos and and putting things together and taking them apart. And I would get, uh, let's say I get a remote control car for Christmas. I I was more interested in taking the thing apart (laughs) than going out and playing with it, which which I'm very fortunate. My parents really supported. You know, I think I was the only six-year-old who who wanted uh, a ratchet set for Christmas, <laughs> you know. That um, engineering so, mind at an early age. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I was never great in, in school. But, you know, I through again, through some encouragement from my parents, they said, hey, look, humor us, apply to one college. Mm-hmm. Just please go to college. So, okay. You know, I was into snowboarding at the time. And, and so I decided to go to University of Vermont. And I got into the mechanical engineering program. Wow. During high school, I was very much into cars and, you know, like, like working on them, taking them apart and, but hadn't really considered it as a career path. It was sort of like, Hey, this is my hobby and one day I need to get a job. Mm-hmm. So off I go to UVM. I'm in the mechanical engineering program and I continue to do very poorly with my grades and my studies. But there was somewhere maybe at the end of year two, start of year three, it, it clicked mm-hmm. for me that I could take my interest in cars and racing and combine that with my education. And that's my career path. Nice. It sounds obvious now. It took a while to click for me. Right. But once that clicked, man, I, I started getting good grades and I started really looking at what kind of profession could be in my future. And I was kind of looking at, you know, do I go and do some R&D for an OEM? But man, this this racing thing, that's that's where I want to be. So I was able to get a job with a team in California straight out of school and packed up my bags and, and that's where I went. And so it, it's it's really been this ongoing theme for me that has has resulted in, in a very enjoyable career path. Yeah, I love the way you combine those things. And, you know, it kind of made me raise my eyebrow when you said, well, you know, I was having a tough time in school and even my first few years. I mean, engineering, that's a tough degree to get. My wife's an engineer. She's got an engineering degree. You got to be pretty smart 
cookie to get through those kind of programs. The fact that something clicked for you and you saw how to combine these things together is a magical moment. Obviously, it was for Mm -hmm. you and uh, got you onto the path that you're involved in now. And yeah, uh, looking back, wow, very, very cool. And who would have thought where you'd end up and where you're going in the future with the company, which we're going to talk about that a little later. Well, what I want to do now, though, is talk about a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. You're still a pretty young guy, but no doubt you faced some roadblocks or some hard curves or some walls you may have hit along the way. Kind of take us to one of those moments, walk us through it, but then tell us what you learned from it that could help you move forward in your career and your business. Okay. So challenges and in, in failures, I mean, there's they're not uncommon in racing, so I, I got to pick from things. But <laughs> oh yeah, there is one theme, and I, and I always I always look for themes, and you know how do you learn from them and, and apply it in the future. So coming out of school, very excited. I get my first job in racing, and this is I I know I've found my I found my thing. This is what I was meant to do in the world. But after maybe three or four years, you know the the team, like many teams out there fell on some financial challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ultimately, they, they wound down the team. And I spent some time in England. And, and I, I actually did my master's in England and worked for a team over there. And again, that team, within months of me starting, hit some financial issues, yeah. performing great on track, but financial issues off track. Sure. So, wow, that's this is the second time. Then, it, you know, and I started thinking to myself, like, man, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get, if this is the, if this is what's ahead of me, I'm never going to get to do what I want to do. And it's not because of what's happening on track. So it's happening off track. So I, I moved to Charlotte where I live now for a new team that was starting up and this was all oh, big funding. Great. It's going to be great. So I pack up all my stuff in England. I moved to Charlotte. And again, within, I knew we were in trouble the first day, but within maybe three months, boom, team's out of business. Oh my and I'm gosh. Out of, yeah. Yeah. And I'm out of a job. And and there's many people in racing. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm interviewing somebody that I'm looking to hire. You know, you ask them, hey, why did you leave here? Why did you leave there? Yeah, it's money issues. Right. So I'm in Charlotte. I just moved there and I'm unemployed. So I had some free time on my hands. And I said, if I'm ever going to get to go racing and if I'm ever going to get to do what I want to do, I need I don't need to figure out engineering. I need to figure out business. Uh, yes. <laughs> I need to figure out the mechanics of how a company makes money. So if I'm ever in that position with a team again, I can ensure that the team survives and I, I understand business. Right, so right. I ordered all the boring accounting books you could imagine. And I, I really taught myself managerial accounting you know what what is the difference between expenses and assets and income and and how do you actually make money you know how how do you how do you pay down your assets what is depreciation yeah so fast you know going back to seven years ago when i met john bennett and i had the the opportunity to really run a team and and had some proper financial backing i and and since then every day since then i've really kept this this business focus and, and be able to look at projects and ideas and understand the numbers behind them and have have successfully and profitably run Core Autosport for seven years now. And this interest in business um, and this understanding is business is what has ignited my next step. And, and that's my involvement with 
composite resources. Ah, brilliant. You know, this is a really, really important story and a great story. There are so many people that are great at a craft. And you talk about racing. I've had dozens and dozens and dozens of racers on this show. And money always comes up. The challenge of funding, the challenge of sponsorships, the challenge of how do we keep this team going because it's a very expensive sport. I love the fact that you looked at this from a different facet, a different side and went, okay, what is it that is a common theme in these companies? I keep joining and keep failing. I'm not doing anything wrong, but they obviously have a challenge in some respects. So, ah, great story and a great lesson for listeners out there, no matter what level you're in, is understanding the business side is so, so, so important. In fact, I love the fact that you self-educated yourself, especially for a guy who's an engineer with a master's degree. I mean, very smart in that respect, but there's a whole nother element of business there that no doubt it's helped you achieve greatness and success as you're moving forward. Lovely story. Thank you. You're welcome. Morgan, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when a new path kind of appears before you and you say, that's the way I need to go. So what's yours? So I I think if I had to really pinpoint something, we've mentioned Composite Resources. So Composite Resources, founded by John Bennett 25 years ago, contract manufacturer for composite components and tooling historically for a variety of industries. And and like I mentioned, about at the start of 2016, I, I was ready for a new challenge. And I'm somebody that, that's deeply motivated by new challenges and, and new mountains to climb. And John is really focused on core and he wants to go racing. So I said, hey, you know, if I could put the right funding together, w- would you let give me a shot at at running composite resources. Absolutely. I'd love to. So I started composite resources and, and because it wasn't really in, in focus for John over, over the past five years or so, the company was, it was a bit idle and people were just kind of doing what they've always done and which wasn't really working, mm-hmm. but it was just sort of idling along, sort of treading water and every time that I tried to make an improvement, you know, there was a lot of pushback and, and we sort of, we didn't have a direction. Mm, there you go. So for me, I come from the racing world. And what's so beautiful about a racing and a race team, if you haven't been on one, is there's a championship. And everybody in the building knows the reason they show up is to win that championship. Right. Uh, whether it's the new guy, the guy that's been here 10 years, it's clear everybody in the building is focused around this one objective. Yep. So again, you know, and, and I like, so just like I did with going to school for engineering and connecting my passion, sort of taking two things that aren't necessarily connected, I said to myself, okay, how, how can I do that again? So I said, you know, I, I walked around composite resources and, you know, if I asked 20 people, why are you there? I got 20 answers. So I said, I need to define a championship for composite resources. Mm. We need a clear target of why we're there. And what's cool about the business world is there's already a point system in place, like a championship, and that's called profit. Yes. So I didn't need a point system. I already had a point system to know how we're doing. But I, I needed a an overall target and and some goals to support achieving that target. So we got the whole company together. We got everybody involved. So people really felt like they had a role in defining what this championship is. Yes. And we came up with uh, an overall vision, what we call Mission 2020, for where we want to get the company to by 2020. 
as well as some business goals and, and targets on a yearly basis prior right. to that. You know, I have a huge smile on my face right now. The reason being, you used a great analogy there and the racing metaphor, if you will, of I put a business plan together years ago for a business and I title it, you can't win a race without a plan. And that's for sure. It's like racing. You've got to go in with a plan, but you've got to have that target you talked about. And so many businesses, they do. They just kind of flounder. And I think the telling tale is what you said. You walk around and ask everybody in the business, what's the main goal? And you got 20 answers. That's yep. a huge red flag. Should be for the business owner that says, you've got a problem here. Not everybody yeah. is rowing in the right direction. You wonder why the boat's going in a circle. <laughs> right. So, so adding on to that, you know, one of our, Part of our mission is because we're a contract manufacturer, we don't we don't make our own widget that we sell or whatever. Mm -hmm. A client comes to us with the design and, and we build it. So our mission is really to ensure that our client is successful. Yes. So a lot of times with a new client, I you know they come in, I say, hey, how do you dis define success for this project? Hmm. You know, and sometimes they go, uh, you know, they, they kind of look, they look at each other. So it gets you know, made. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, hey, you, if you want to be successful, you need to start with defining what success is. Yeah. Huh? Ah. And we really make that a theme for us. Awesome story. Awesome lesson for listeners out there, no matter what kind of business you're in. Uh, you hit the nail right on the head with that one, Morgan. How about a produce career moment? I would assume you've had plenty of those, especially being involved in racing where you've had so many championships that you've been involved in. Is there one that stands out for you? Yeah, without a doubt, our GTLM win of Daytona in 2014. You know, we, we started the team in 2010 as a privateer. And just to get this opportunity to represent Porsche and to run their factory program on this stage, I thought that was the top, top accomplishment. You know, I, I think we only got the deal done, let's say, in September of 2013. And to show up to Daytona end of January 2014. Wow. And win in the GTLM <laughs> category. Yes. First time doing Daytona ever. Oh first race as a team. And on top of that, we were also had a car, Core Autosport also had a car in the prototype challenge class. Mm -hmm. And we won in that class as well. We were, I, th I think the first team since 1967, I'm pretty sure, to win in two categories. Whoa. So that, that day or, or that it winds up being 40 hours by the time you do Daytona. Sure. That is without a, a career, without a doubt, a career highlight for me. Um, that really stands out. Kudos to you and your team of what you guys pulled off with that. It's absolutely sounds impossible when you look at it from the perspective now looking back. How did we ever do this? But a huge amount of work and effort and talent obviously went into that success. So again, congratulations. Let's go back in your time a little bit and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Sure. Um, th this is an easy one. I had in high school. And this is going to sound a little out of character, but I had a, a 1983 Ford Bronco, big tires, yeah. the top came off. And that was, you know, at the time, that was just, that was the coolest. Yeah. And oh, yeah. to be hanging out with your friends in the summer, top off, maybe you go on a road trip or something. Me and, and all my buddies have, have a lot of good memories in that vehicle uh, from, uh, from high school. Yeah, th those are cool. I was at a car show at the LeMay Museum locally here where I live. I was asked to be an MC at their car show. It was kind of a summer ender, fender bender. And one of the winning cars there was a beautiful orange Bronco that this guy had modified. Eddie, I believe was his name. He had modified it nicely. And the, the Haggerty youth judges picked his car as a winner, which was pretty darn oh, cool. cool too. Yeah, cool. but he did bring back 
memories. I had good friends in high school that had uh, land cruisers, which uh, we would take down to Baja sure. and go yeah, surfing. Yeah, real popular now. Yeah, sleep in those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you look at somebody like Jonathan Ward at Icon, he's taking old, uh, you know, right. old uh, land cruisers and Broncos and creating new, uh, beautiful, beautiful cars out of them. Jonathan's been a guest here too. So shout out to him. Well, how about a seller's remorse story? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back? Um, I, I would say for that, I did sell maybe just, yeah, it was just last year. I had a 2009 911 Carrera S, Ooh. which n- nothing, nothing super duper special about it, but just sort of quintessential Porsche. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm positive that 20 years from now, I'll look back and just say, man, I, man, I wish I had that car. <laughs> Kind of the way that today I look at, a, let's say, an 89 Porsche 930 and just say, man, I wish I had that. So, you know, nothing, like I said, nothing ultra rare or anything like that, but, but just a, a true driver's car. Yeah, well, the 2009, I, I like that era car, those eras of Porsches, because they kind of came out of those 996 eras and the 997s into the, yeah. the nicer styles and beautiful cars, awesome cars, wonderful, wonderful cars. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big Porsche fan. So I understand I've let go of many, many Porsche 911s that I wish I had back. Oh my gosh. So, well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? And maybe you could, Talk a little bit more about composite resources as well, because you guys are moving into a whole nother level. If you're going to start supplying products to the aerospace industry, talk about serious, serious stuff. So tell us what's happening. What has you excited? Sure. So I have one project coming up that has nothing to do with core autosport or composite resources that I'm super excited about. And that is I have my first son or my first kid ever, but oh. uh, my, my first son is due um, within 30 days. Oh my gosh. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ha- being a father, you're in for a special treat. These are uh, a spectacular times. So congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you. But beyond that, it's really exciting times for composite resources. So I've been in the driver's seat about a little over 18 months now, and we've put together a really strong leadership team and group group of personnel that I'm really excited about. And like I said, we put together this strategy, this mission 2020 of where we're trying to get the company to. And like I alluded to, historically, we, we focused on a variety of industries. But you know, when I came in, I, I said, hey, what can we focus on that's going to get us where we want to go? And that's got to be things that are profitable, long-term contracts, and large, large scale, mm-hmm. me- meaning large dollar amount per product. And then also, I want to have clients where we can do multiple projects with them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want a client that comes in and I want them in the building for 10 or 15 years. And so historically, we're, so, we were sort of this job shop, you know, onesie, twosie type stuff. And mm-hmm. you just can't really build a business on that. So highlighting the, those four themes that I was looking for, I, I looked at everything we were doing and it was clear aerospace is the answer of, of where we need to be going. But as you alluded to, that's that's big business. That's yeah. a big deal. Serious, um, serious you're stuff. Dealing, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You're dealing with some really high level clients in big projects, and for you know, you, there's plenty of of public companies that's play in this space, and in sort of two hundred million dollar plus companies that are in this space. So we're certainly smaller than that, and you know, it, it was a real gamble to see if 
our potential clients would take us seriously. Hey, would they pick up the phone? Would they come and visit us? Mm -hmm. But we are, we've had tremendous success, um, going down this route. You know, we, we started with existing clients and, and said, Hey, look, you know, we're supplying you one product, but look, we can do all these other things. And, uh, we have a beautiful facility. We're, we're very lucky in that regard. Um, that's something that John Bennett really saw a lot of, a lot of value in and invested in back in 2001 and then again in 2007. So, you know, we're, we're hitting the streets and we're putting the effort in. We're making the calls. But when a client comes to us and gives us a shot, you know, we, we knock it out of the park. So it, it's it's a really exciting time at Composite Resources, and um, I'm looking forward to the future. Absolutely. Uh, briefly, what are some of the components and, and products that you provide for your clients? Sure. Um, so some ones that your listeners might know uh, on the aerospace side, almost all aircraft seating has two composite tubes in the seats, mm-hmm. kind of right behind your knees and then just sort of around your tailbone mm-hmm. that hold a, a piece of canvas that the pad sits on. So we make uh, over 150,000 tubes per year. Wow. Uh, we, we have a project ramping up at the moment to do some, as you're sitting in your seat, you have your in-flight entertainment system in mm-hmm. front of you. Yeah. Um, so we make some brackets to hold that screen in place. We're doing some systems that hold the slides uh, so if the aircraft is in an accident, the emergency slide that pops out, we make some units that hold those slides in place. Ah, okay. So a variety, in, in terms of our strategy, we didn't want to go after big structural parts because those have a very long time to get qualified. Yes. We wanted to go after stuff that was going to be low regulations, low certifications, and we could get flying and coincidentally get the business in in a hurry <laughs> nice. um, so that's what's going on in the aerospace side we have some really cool stuff on the defense side a lot of people think defense and they're immediately think it's um offensive or, or yeah you know, weapons um, and things like that right sure. but uh we, we actually make two different products that are used in the detection of plastic landmines and IEDs. Mm. Um, so this is stuff either, it's either bolted on like a Humvee or it's used as a handheld, almost like a metal detector. So we're, we're making stuff that's, um, that's actually saving lives instead of taking lives. Very nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations for a very bright future for you and your team. Here's a very introspective question for you, Morgan. If you were a car, what kind of car would Morgan be and why? Oh, man. I have to go with Cayenne GTS. Ah, cool. Because, you know, I'm a bit I'm a bit of an all rounder. You know, I I wouldn't say I'm a sports car, but, uh, you know, I can be sporty, but I can also go off road if I have to. And uh, I look all right doing it. (laughs) There you go. Very nicely said. Well, Morgan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. 
Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Morgan, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You've been to enough races to know what that means. The white flag's out. Time to put our foot into it. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would have to say, I, I think in general, people need to take maintenance more seriously. Mm. A lot of times if uh, an acquaintance or family member car comes to me with a car problem, you know, I say, okay, when was the last time you had it maintained or yep. serviced? Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's cars have gotten way better in that regard, but it's not an appliance. And um, show it a little love and it'll take good care of you. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? I would say without a doubt, I really enjoy doing hard things, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. whether that's working out super hard, going on a long hike, or a big challenge in the office. There you go. Now, how about a resource? There are a lot of great resources out there these days. Is there one that you'd like to share? Um, sure. I, I really like Porsche Newsroom. Um, if you just Google Porsche Newsroom, it'll take you to it. And it's a mix of up-to-date Porsche stuff whether it's things going on on the road car side, development, motorsport, historic, just cool stories about the brand. If you're a Porsche fan or car fan in general, you will definitely enjoy it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I would go with either a Roger Penske or Ron Dennis. Um, I, I have tremendous, tremendous respect. Two heavy hitters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tremendous respect for both the guys. But I, I would say what's unique about them is they are both guys who have had a lot of on-track success, mm-hmm. but also a lot of off-track success in the business world, which oh, yeah. is exactly what I'm trying to do. Oh, uh, yes. Boy, I'd love to get those two guys on this show. Uh, what a talk that would be. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read? Sure. So I, I've got a bit of an outlier for you. It's called The Goal by Alaya. You, you'll have to look up his last name. I think it's but, Gold, uh, you, Goldrat. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, oh, this one. Okay. And, and you can find it on Amazon, I'm sure. But it was sort of this 80s cult classic. And it's a it's actually a fictional story that touches on some manufacturing principles. So anybody that's in the manufacturing world or any kind of process driven business, I think would really enjoy this one. It's the fundamentals of what it takes to make a multi uh, any any component that takes a multi-step process ah. it, you know it, it touches on everything from bottlenecks to profitability 
to how to get departments working together. And, and it tells it in it, it takes a subject that can be very dry and tells it in this fictional story. Uh, which makes it quite interesting. Check it out. Yeah, that's the first time that book's been recommended. You know what's interesting about you recommending that book? It's, doesn't that go back to what we talked about earlier, setting a goal and talking about exactly. setting goals? Yeah. For so I see a big circle happening here with you. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but <laughs> yeah. there you go. And he has a very interesting goal, by the way, uh, which, which is also super obvious, but I'll, I'll leave it up to your listeners to read and find out. There you go. I appreciate it. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Morgan has shared on his show notes page on the Cars Yeah website, just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Morgan Brady, and you will find this book and everything that he's mentioned and uh, and a lot more on Morgan's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. There's another great place on Cars Yeah called Guest Recommended Books where this book and all the recommendations by the past inspiring automotive enthusiasts who've been on the show are listed. I've made it really easy, too. You just click. It takes you to Amazon, and you can buy. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, something that you love to see, Morgan. That means we've been successful here today. But today, I'm going to buy you any cool car in the world. doesn't matter what it costs. I want you to keep it, though. I want you to enjoy it. This is a collector car, so you can keep your daily driver. This is something fun for you to enjoy. What would that car be, and more importantly, why? Well, this one is a no-brainer for me, and that would be our 2014 Daytona winning 911 RSR. Ooh, <laughs> okay. The reason is self-explanatory. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, iconic car, iconic win, a wonderful memories, um, and of course, a fantastic car too. So. No doubt, I would assume that if you had that car in your garage, you'd take it on the track and uh, and have some fun. I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Have you had a chance to drive that actual car? Definitely not. Okay. Um, <laughs> in terms of what what our our whole the way our whole operation works, there's no joy rides in race cars. No, <laughs> no. no, there's no joy rides. It's if this thing is doing a mile, it's all business, and it's for a good reason. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that car would look great in your garage, and even better on a track day at any track around the country. But Daytona would be cool to take that car out on that track. Absolutely. The high banks. Ah, nice. Well, Morgan, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories and getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your business and automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the track in that uh, 2014 Porsche RSR. You bet. I feel very fortunate to to have found the career path that I'm on. Um, and a lot of times I, I get approached by either younger engineers or fans that are hanging out around side or outside our garage, track side, sort of saying, hey, how do I how do I get into this? Or do you have any recommendations? And, and you know, th there's no right answer. There's no blanket answer. But I, I think w whether you're interested in being in the automotive field or, or any field, um, there's a, a three points that you need to find and get them to line up to have a successful career path. And that is, number one, find something that you enjoy. Number two, find something that you're good at. And number three, find something that you can make money at. And if you can find a fit that achieves all three of those, you will without a doubt be successful. Finding two, finding two is very easy, but finding three is where success happens. <laughs> there you go. Great advice. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your companies? Uh, not big on social media. Best way to find out about us is composite-resources.com or coreautosport.com. 
and Core Autosport on any of the main social channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these links on Morgan's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type Morgan in that search bar and his page will pop right up. Morgan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. And congratulations on the upcoming sun that's going to be coming into your life uh, here soon. Uh, you're in for a new and very exciting ride. I can tell you from experience of being a father. You're in for a great time. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thanks very much for having me. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!